What's up, y'all? It's your girl, and naturally, Clark here. When happened to come on somebody podcast? What's up? It's a new day. Good morning, rise and shine. I know you guys have been wondering where is LD. Well, LD is on, let's just say, vacation, and so I'll be holding it down until he's able to join us again. But let's get into it. Today's episode is called Thanks for the Feedback. Now, feedback, well, feedback is any information that you get about yourself. It's how we learn about ourselves from our experiences and from other people. It is literally how we learn from life, right? And I've been reading this book called Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. And what gravitated me to this book was I was at a conference in New York this past summer and one of the presenters suggested it, right? So I know that I struggle with feedback uh, or as some would say, constructive criticism, right? So we literally receive feedback from the time we are born until we are die, right? As a kid, someone might say, that sure is a pretty baby or that sure is an ugly baby, right? That's feedback, right? And we don't necessarily realize it or label it as feedback, but it is. We get feedback at work from our colleagues, from our staff, from our clients, from our superiors. We get feedback at home from our parents, from our grandparents, from our siblings, from our cousins from Betty Jean, the neighbor across the street, and our friends. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic for another day. We also get feedback at school from our teachers, from principals, from classmates, etc. right? So feedback can be written, spoken, or even delivered through body language. I bet y'all didn't even know body language was a form of feedback, right? You ever wonder why that person is side-eyeing you from across the room? or you're talking to them and they're just totally disengaged, it's feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We love to hear positive feedback, right? But more times than not, we despise what can be viewed as negative feedback or anything that goes against what we or how we view ourselves or the things that we're doing, right? But I started reading this book and I had to ask myself, well, is feedback really negative? Right? That's a loaded question. I'm going to give y'all a moment to think. Perception is everything, right? Most of the time, it's not about the feedback itself, really, is what I realized as I started reading the book, but how we perceive the delivery and the deliverer, right? The person giving you the feedback makes a world of a difference. How you view or perceive that person that's giving you the feedback. So me personally, I realized that in the past, especially in my work environment, that I was more receptive to feedback from people depending on how they delivered it, right? And how I viewed them, like, did I view them as being very knowledgeable in the realm in which they were giving me feedback? Hmm. Well... I enter every situation with a growth mindset regardless, though, right? So even when I don't necessarily agree with it, I at least consider it and analyze how I can, how can this 
how can this actually make me better? So <clears throat> the book was saying a few things, a few things that I found interesting, right? So <clears throat> it was saying we have blind spots, right? We can't see our own faces when we're getting the feedback. We can't hear the tone of voice. And we're unaware of even like patterns and things that have attributed to how we receive feedback, right? And we automatically assume that if somebody is telling us something or giving us constructive feedback, that it means that we failed some kind of way, right? It's an attribute of our failure in the situations, right? While others attribute it to character. So there's a gap, right? We judge ourselves by our intentions while others judge us by the impact, by our impact on them. So we're sitting there taking the feedback, taking it personal, having our, putting our emotions on the table and just really viewing the feedback from an emotional standpoint instead of a logical standpoint, because we have these barriers or we have these triggers, right? So we we like I said for me I question the credibility do I trust that their motives are really to make me better or <clears throat> they're really trying to just tear me down or say something negative right so how when or where they gave the feedback all mattered to me right and that's not if I'm sitting here and I'm saying yo I have a growth mindset and I want to grow and get better, I can't be choosy on the type of feedback that I'm getting or who's giving the feedback or where is the feedback coming from and how knowledgeable are they and all those things. I I need to actually listen to the information because the person giving the feedback is like the person standing outside of the picture looking in and I'm inside the picture. And when you're inside the picture, can you really see the whole masterpiece? No, you can't, right? Because you're in it. And so sometimes we need that outside perspective to come in and tell us and share their viewpoint and their perspective on what's going on, right? So some things... I had to do. I had to like think of some solutions. And so the book did a great way. And it's in a section called Removing Distortions, right? It said, be prepared, be mindful. That means like know your triggers. Know that you have to step outside of that emotional mindset and taking it personal and you know, wearing your emotions on your shoulder and actually think from a logical growth, real growth mindset, right? Be mindful. Separate your feelings from the feedback. What am I feeling right now? Right? What story am I telling myself? And what is the actual feedback? Those are three things that we need to ask ourselves. Right? We also need to contain a story like, what is this about? What isn't this about? Because we might be taking things or hearing things that wasn't really intended or on the delivery of the message. That's not what they were saying at all. We just gave ourselves our own picture and screwed idea of what we thought was being said. And I know that I struggle with that. I hear what my grandparents used to say. You hear what you want to hear. And that is a true statement. Like, what? 
So you have to change your vantage point. And what does that mean? Imagine yourself as an observer. Remember I just said, sometimes we need somebody that's on the outside looking in to share their perspective in order for us to really grow. Like, we can't be in the movie and never take a moment to go back and watch the movie and see how all those moving pieces come together and flow, right? And this one is so big, like number five. This was like the fifth thing that was like, boom, pow, register, clicked, right? It was like, except that you can't control how others see you. So just let that sink in for a moment because that can play into one's own insecurities and self-doubt and all those things. So you have to be confident in who you are and know who you are and stand flat-footed and grounded in who you are because you can't control how others view you, how they see you. So, And you also need to remember that others' views of you are input. They're not imprint, right? They're just feedback. They're just feedback. They're just feedback, period. And so oftentimes, especially me, I work in a field of education. So we're constantly getting feedback, right? We have people in our... Now this year, this is my fifth year teaching, my second year with this new organization out here in Los Angeles. And this is literally the most that I've had someone in my classroom ever observing. Like, um pause, please. Enough is enough. I didn't even get to observe this much when I was a first year teacher. Like, wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) Get off my back. You're stressing me out. And we literally get feedback every week. And then we meet about our feedback. And so I was having a hard time adapting to this new style of observation or providing feedback to teachers because like I said I've never had to deal with someone in my class and literally every week on their computer typing saying whatever they want to say right so yes I've had people in my classroom but when administrators would come in my classroom in Texas they would give feedback but everything wasn't like uh uh, official evaluation where they're in a computer sitting there typing the whole time. They would actually like jump in, model lessons, give interact like live in the moment feedback, take over. They saw that I was struggling to get my point across or whatever, which is what I feel is ideal to giving feedback that is conducive to my growth, right? I'm so, I was so annoyed with reading the feedback and then just reading it and the person giving the feedback, one, not providing examples or modeling how I can implement or their change, not having like research-based evidence on why I needed to do X, Y, and Z or why they said, and most of the time it wasn't even like, this is what I observed and here's the next step, Right. It was just, this is what I observed. That is not helpful to me at all. And so another thing that I read in the book was like, you are responsible for your own growth, right? So I had to start challenging 
I hate to use the word challenging, but I had to start challenging the person that was giving the feedback. Like, okay, can you give me an example? Okay, can you come in and model this? Which hasn't happened as of yet, but I had to start pushing the envelope because in order for me to grow, and if you're saying that this isn't sufficient or I can add this or I can do this, like, and it's the same, like I was getting feedback, literally being observed on the same thing over and over and over. For example, I'll go back to last year. So I'm the type of teacher that like, I don't literally follow the schedule, like from 9.15 to 10.05, this is what we're doing. We teach a math. And if we're not done making sure that each leader gets the math concept, we are still going to stop because at 10.10, we have to be doing phonics. Like, that's not me. Like, I'm an authentic teacher. Like, yeah, the schedule is fine. It's cool. But... Like, let's be realistic. If I'm really teaching these kids and I want them to really understand and learn, sometimes my math lesson may be 15 minutes over, right? And I'm not saying it's every day, but some skills are harder to teach than others. So I was being observed on time management, and it wasn't even about the length of my lessons, right? It was literally about the time that it takes my students, my first grade students, six and seven-year-olds to get all their materials and come to their carpet squares to get started. Now, for me, I'm not one that's stressing them out like, now, boom, get it, get it, get it, because they have to learn and I want them to do things orderly, right? So if it takes a few extra moments to get their whiteboards and get their markers to make sure that they literally have everything that they need, so that when we start the math lesson, they're ready to go, then that's what I'm going to do. That Just period. That's what I'm going to do. And the feedback for the whole entire year was about this one increment of time when my children were transitioning to the carpet for math. But at the end of the year, I had to really go back and reflect and was like, but did this person ever like come in and say, all right, here's a system you can put in place that I've seen work and that I've done that helped get students get to where they need to get faster? No. It was just like this is what I noticed you're doing. How can you do how can you do better? Okay, well, if you're seeing the same thing over and over and over, maybe I don't know how to do it better. And it just me being honest. Like, if you want me to do it a certain way, then I really feel like you should model it. So anyways, this year, I made a conscious decision to be like, if I'm getting feedback, I need you to come in and model and show and give me an example. Because I already struggle with feedback. So anyways, that's that on that. Now, I have another incident. You know, it was like, so let me let me let me close this out. So that's that, right? So then in the book it goes to talk about what team leaders and feedback givers can do. And the first thing y'all was model learning. And then it said request coaching. So like if you're giving feedback and you can't model the learning, 
then you also as the coach or the feedback giver needs to needs need to request coaching so that you can come back and implement and teach us how to do it. And then two is like as givers, manage your own mindset and identity. Like be confident. And then three, be aware of how individual differences collide in organizations. So now let me get to that. So the person that was giving me feedback, well, anyways, we have these meetings every week. And so this particular day, we had a group, an outside group come in and observe different things at a school to see how they were running. They call it um, an annual review, right? And so they're sitting in our meeting and they're observing. Mind you, this person is always like high energy on 10 and where me, I'm most of the time while I'm at work and when I'm interacting with kids, yes, I'm on 10, I'm energetic. But when I'm interacting with adults and we're having a meeting and we're talking business, I'm serious because I'm very serious about my craft and what I do. Like uh, our homegirl, our auntie Erica Badu say, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my, you know what? So I'm not in there like funking the show, like let's talk business. And that's just every week. Like, um, and so because these observers were there, I felt like this person wanted me to put on a dog and pony show. And I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And at first I didn't feel like they wanted me to put on a dog and pony show until a few days later. Like, you know, I had to stop and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, like this is, this person all the time. She's always high energy, whatever, whatever. And like we were while we we're in our meeting. And so anyways, like a few days later, you know, this the team, we, the school, we go over our feedback and they observe several of those like teacher superior meetings that week. And I guess the feedback said that the chemistry between myself and my observer was off. And so the observer came to me. Mind you, we had this same style of meeting every week. Like, we don't have the same personality. And she, that person came to me and was like, oh, yeah, um, can I talk to you because I haven't been able to sleep at night and I I just don't understand. Like, is there something going on with us? Is everything okay? And at this point, I'm so confused. Like, what? <gasps> what? And, well, yeah, the, the feedback they gave us said that our energy was off and um, I just don't understand, like, well, okay, well, first of all, I didn't give you that feedback. So you need to ask them why they gave you that feedback and what they meant by that. And secondly, like be confident in who you are and knowing again that individual differences, there are individual differences in organizations. Our personalities are different. You didn't just learn this when these people came in today. You've been new that. You knew, you've been new. No, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. In Jasmine Master's voice, like, what? And so I really was conflicted. Like, should I address? Oh, and then the end of the conversation, I was like, no, everything's okay. Like, I'm confused on where this is coming from. Like, the person was like, okay, don't tell anybody. 
plot twist. Here I am on a podcast telling everybody. But, like, that means you should not have, that means ethically, like, literally following the code of ethics, you should not have brought that to me, right? And I don't even like that energy. And part of it was because, like, there was a situation last year when the person came up to me again, and I'm just so confused. Like, stop telling me you can't sleep at night over feedback that someone else gave you. I didn't even tell you this. Like, no, no, no. So I suggested that that person read, guess what? Thanks for the feedback because there are layers to giving feedback, receiving feedback, understanding and analyzing feedback and understanding and knowing yourself. Like if you're giving, if you can dish it, then you should be able to handle it. And that's just how I feel. Like you expect us to be able to take feedback every week and whether we agree with it or not, and not really have room for like, a dialogue to take place. But even if there is a dialogue to take place, you make it uncomfortable to where we can give authentic feedback because you're talking about you can't sleep at night. And I wasn't even a person that gave the feedback, but what if I do have some feedback, right? Now I can't give you feedback because you're not going to be able to sleep at night. Don't bring that energy to me. Like, I feel like People who are giving feedback also have to be confident and willing and able to take feedback back in order to grow. Because if we're growing and we're doing this thing, it's a team effort. So, yeah. um, That's that on that. Y'all tell me. Y'all read the book. Thanks for the feedback. Y'all get at me. I'm just, you know, feedback is a life thing. We deal with it every day. Even on Instagram. When they liking your pictures, that's feedback. When they don't like your pictures, it's feedback. When celebrities get good comments, feedback. When they get negative comments, it's feedback. But we don't, we can't like live our life, live our lives based on all this feedback. Sometimes you just gotta weed some stuff out. And remember again, feedback is input, it's not an imprint. And everybody has a right to give their input, right? Because we have freedom of speech. So anyways, y'all remember, you are the most important person in your own learning. And remember that feedback is not an imprint, it's an input. And I want y'all to go check out the book, Thanks for the Feedback. I have it on physical copy, but I also had an audio book because sometimes when I'm in my car, I need a reminder. Right. And so that's that on that. What's up? It's been a fun time chatting. Come on, somebody. Episode 202. And I'm out. You're. What's up, y'all? It is the holiday season, and I know the family and friends are coming over. What? better way to get ready for the holidays than with a nice deep cleaning. Miracle Cleaning Service is offering eco-friendly deep cleaning, organizing, carpet cleaning, decluttering, and making everything look spotless before the crew comes over. They are now serving Houston and surrounding areas. Give them a call at 346 
217-217-7061. Call Miracles Cleaning Service today and get your spot ready for the holiday.